God is able to impact your life. Amen. Praise God. You guys ready for the word? Why don't we grab our Bibles real quick? Hallelujah. Praise God. Wave it in the air. Let's make the devil nervous. Give him a nervous breakdown real quick. And say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. It is the ever-living, indestructible word of God. As it goes forth out of my mouth, it accomplishes the will of God. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I believe my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. I will receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save my soul. I believe my mind is alert. Thank you, Lord, for revelation knowledge flooding the eyes of my heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, well, uh, let's open up our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. There was uh, one direction that I thought uh, ahead of time that I was going to be going. And, um, and this morning when I woke up, the Lord just shifted uh, some things. So I want you to bear with me. I, um, Jimmy, I heard you're the man. I heard you're fast. You're quick. And um, so Jimmy didn't get any of the scriptures this morning. So we'll see how fast he is. No pressure, Jimmy. And... Um, We'll see how good he is. I want to know how led Jimmy is, if he can get to the scripture before I even quote the scripture or whatever. We'll see just how spiritual he is. And um, no, but we're, we're really, my wife and I are really honored and, and blessed to be here uh, to, to be not just with your pastors, but we met with the leadership yesterday. And man, you guys have a great group of leaders. I mean, you know, um, if you want to see how, how strong a church is going to be, you know, just look at the leadership because it, it, it all begins there. And, and it, it takes really all of you are leaders. I, I know that there are some that are, you know, title leaders, so to speak. And, and we know this. The title isn't as important as productivity. Right. So I know some people are like, well, I don't have a title. But I mean, if you have some sort of influence, all leadership is is influence. If you use your influence, come on. I mean, all of Valdosta, you know, I mean, listen. Anchor Faith Church should be the most influential organization in, in Valdosta. Amen. Come on, and we can continue to grow and increase. And, I mean, we should be, you know, you know, why can't we be the largest church in all of Valdosta? Come on, God is not against churches growing. And, 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 and this has nothing to do with my message, but I'm just saying he has nothing against churches growing and, and their influence increasing and everything like that. I mean, how many do we know how many people are in Valdosta? 50,000 or so in the county, in this county, just in this county. I mean, why can't we have 10 percent of that? You know, I mean, not just this church, other churches. I mean, if if, you know, the more people that are in church, that means that the, the less people that are out there. Um, not serving God. Amen. And so, uh, so we can do uh, great things. Praise God. Uh, what I said, turn to just making sure y'all paying attention. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse, uh, where are we going to go? Verse 17. Let's read there real quick. And it says this, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything has become New. I'm reading from the New King James now. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Now, notice it didn't say if anyone be in church. Right? Because you can be in church and not have a drastic change in your life, really and, and, and truly. But it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. That word uh, new is the Greek word kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S. I'm not a Greek scholar. Uh, but it means unused, recent, unworn, uncommon, unheard of. In other words, the instant that you became a new creature in Christ by believing in Christ, by making him your personal Lord and Savior, uh, you become such a different person. You're not some refurbished product. You're brand spanking new. I don't know about you, but I grew up being, um, I was number two in a, in a family of five, and, and my older brother was taller than I was, and so I got a lot of his hand-me-downs, and so I, I didn't like it, you know, and so I just figured I'd just grow taller than he, I mean, I was determined, and I got taller than he was, and I'd, no more hand-me-downs for me, you know, because I like new stuff. I don't, you know, I, I want new things. I don't want just some refurbished product. I don't want a hand-me-down, so to speak. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I just think that new is better. Come on now, new is better, right? And so, um, 
So when you think about uh, this subject of us being in Christ, we are brand spanking new. Amen, somebody. In other words, uh, I like the way how uh, Pastor Mark Hankins says it. He says, you're such a different person in Christ that you're going to have to allow God to introduce you to your new self. What does that mean? That means then, because here's the thing. Now, it's not our bodies that change. It's not our minds that change. But our spirit man became brand new. Right. So now you have to allow God, in other words, get in the word of God and see how it is that God sees you. We know it's not your body that changed because if you had blue eyes before you got saved, after you got saved, you still have blue eyes. If you're bald before you got saved, after you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're still bald. If you had some crusty toes before you got saved, after you got saved, those toes are still crusty. But praise the Lord, there's help for you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it's our spirit man that becomes new. We know this and you've been taught well. I mean, you guys have great pastors that teach you the word. Uh, Man is spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a body. Amen. In other words, the real you is spirit. Right. Because when we die, uh, if the Lord tarries, we know this, our body returns to dust, but the spirit lives on forever. Y'all do know this, right? You guys with me? Okay, just making sure. We have a salvation call right now for everybody. And so, um, so anyways, we, this is the real us, and it's important for us now to get in the word, to renew our minds as far as who we are in Christ Jesus. Because a lot of times we've, had, uh, we've come from different walks, different backgrounds, where some may have been abused, some may have been torn down, whatever the case is. And so many times our thinking limits us. Right. I mean, God is not the one putting limits on us. As a matter of fact, he's given us the ability to increase. He's given us the power to get wealth. I mean, come on. He's placed us in his kingdom and and, and he wants us to be fruitful and multiply. He wants us to to just continue to to grow, increase. Right. And so he's not the one that's put the limits on us. But sometimes we allow our thinking to limit us and, 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 and limit our thinking as far as how far we can go in life. Amen, somebody. And so it's so necessary because, again, you know, as, as a pastor and, and growing up in church, I, I grew up in church uh, all my life. I mean, I got saved when I was four years old, I believe it was. Uh, I mean, my parents told me when I first, number two in my diaper, came out in the shape of a cross. I mean, I just always, <laughs> I mean, not really true, you know, but um, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, I just, <laughs> oh, boy, I hope. We're going to have some fun in here today, aren't we? I hope y'all good. This isn't uh, one of those religious churches. Amen. Praise God. If it is, we'll drive out all those religious devils before we get out of here this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, yeah, I, I did just say that. I did say it. You can quote it, put it on Instagram. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, praise God. But but anyways, um, it's it's so important because, again, You've seen different individuals come from a standpoint where it's like, um, I mean, I'm just trying to do better. And yes, we should all try to do better. But it's so important for us to begin to understand and see ourselves the way that God sees us. He sees us in Christ. Right. It says old things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Now, um, if I was to come to you today and say, you know what, I'm going to take everybody here at Anchor Faith Church on a, a shopping spree. Um, if you, if it's clothes that you like, let's go get some clothes. Um, some of y'all looking at me like I don't have the ability to do it. You need to change your thinking. Um, <laughs> uh, or if it's, if it's, um, we take everybody down to Orlando, let's go to Ikea and just, you know, uh, whatever the case is, you know, or furniture, whatever your favorite furniture place is. Um, but I would, I, I said this, that you have to make room for it, right? You got to. In other words, I can't bring in stuff until you've gotten rid of all the old stuff. You hear what I'm saying? And so sometimes, I mean, we know we have some. I don't, I don't know if we have any in here today, but we have some of those, uh, what you call it, hoarders. And, 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 um, and it's like, no, not my chair. I mean, it's like I've had this for 16 and a half decades. And, um, and it's like, well, I'm, I'm bringing you something new. I'm bringing you something better. Well, spiritually speaking, it's, it's kind of the same thing that that believers do. It's like, you know, we've old things, all the old past sin, you know, 
thinking has been done away with, right? We've been made brand new creatures. Now, if you could look in the spirit realm, this is, I believe this is how many believers look. It's like, you know, like how Paul says, forgetting the things which are behind, I press, right? And, and sometimes while we're trying to press, we're still trying to hold on to the past, right? And so you're not able to effectively press forward and move forward as long as you're holding on to the things of the past. It's so important, so vital for us as believers to get in the word and get to begin to see ourselves uh, who we are. Amen. Praise God. So uh, short little introduction. Let's pray and then we'll move into this. Amen. And I want to encourage you to pull on the gift of God that is on the inside of me this morning. Praise God. I will get out of here. I, I, I was told that we're here till six. Oh, we come back at six. Is that what it is? We come back at six. Okay. So let's pray. Father, we just honor you and we thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for the ability we have to receive from you this morning. We do believe that the word of God is you speaking to us. Thank you for your anointing this morning to teach, to preach, whatever it is that you want to do, Holy Spirit. We give you full place to move, to operate, to flow however you want to. I believe that my mouth is hooked up to my spirit and my spirit is hooked up to your mouth, that I will speak as the very oracles of God. Thank you, Lord, as the word is being spoken, life and power is being released. The anointing to destroy yokes is being released. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Turn with me to uh, Philemon, or Philemon, however you want to pronounce it. Tomato, tomato. Valdosta, Valdosta. I don't know if anybody ever says that. I, mean, I, just, I just made it up on the fly. So, uh, but Philemon of Philemon, verse, uh, verse 6. And I'm going to go ahead and read it, read it from the New King James. And it says that the sharing of your faith, or the King James says that the communication of your faith, but the sharing of your faith may become effective by the, what does it say? Acknowledgement of every good thing in you in Christ. Praise God. In other words, daily, we should always be acknowledging good things that's in us. A lot of times we want to acknowledge all the bad things. Oh, oh, pastor, I'm such a worm. And I mean, this is what I used to do. And uh, I mean, if you only knew the life that I lived, I mean, uh, you, you, you wouldn't want me to usher. You wouldn't want me working with, you know, whatever the case is, right? But I mean, no, he wants you to acknowledge every good thing in you in Christ. This terminology in Christ is a terminology that was given to the apostle Paul by the Lord Jesus himself. In Christ, in whom, by him, through him. Uh, and Brother Hagin said this. He said one way, not the only way, but one way that you can study out the word of God is to uh, go through the New Testament, especially the, the epistles, and find out everywhere where it says in Christ or through him or, or by him or in him. Take those scriptures, underline it, circle it, write it down, and meditate on those scriptures. So, so in other words, this is how Christ sees you. This is how he sees you. Find out who you are and, and begin to meditate on this and make this confession of faith about yourself. That by, uh, you know, in other words, um, uh, therefore, uh, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, you know, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made, what, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So therefore, as Lord, I thank you that I've been made righteous. Right now, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not someday I'm going to be. In other words, you can't be any more righteous than you are now. Come on, you can't pray to become more righteous. You can't serve to become more righteous. Come on, you can't go to church to be more righteous. I mean, now this is stuff that righteous people do. Amen. But, uh, you know, you are righteous now. In other words, I can say it in this church and not feel like I'm going to get stoned. You're just as righteous as Jesus himself is. Hello? Because it's not your righteousness, but it's his righteousness. The Old Testament said that our righteousness are as filthy rags, but it's no longer our righteousness, but it's his righteousness. Right? Jesus became sin for us. In other words, he became just like us. He took upon himself our sin, our unrighteousness, and now we've been given his righteousness. Amen, somebody. Praise God. And so uh, let's, let's look over at, at Genesis, Genesis chapter 3 real quick. Genesis chapter 3. See, it's, 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 it's vital because 
what happens is now we, we, allow, um, we allow our environment to dictate how we act, right? We allow, um, you know, our family to dictate how we act. In other words, we'll say things like, well, this is how I was raised. You know, this is how things was done or whatever the case is. Instead of allowing now, because, listen, we're, we're under a new kingdom, a different kingdom, right? So we have to learn how to operate in this kingdom. If we're citizens of this kingdom, we have to learn how to operate in this kingdom. And this, you, you see that the Apostle Paul now, he, he, he uses this term over 130 times in Scripture. He uses this, this, this different terminology, and he starts to see himself this way, and he starts to teach and speak a different language than what other people were doing. I mean, think of it. The Apostle Paul was, was the, um, the Osama bin Laden of his day before he became the Apostle Paul. And so here it is. I mean, just kind of imagine uh, after he had that, that uh, revelation of Jesus on the road to Damascus, he, he got a revelation of who Jesus was and, and, and all this stuff. Now here it is. He comes into church. I mean, just imagine people just, um, what was the song we were singing today? One of those songs. And they're just worshiping and, you know, oh, praise the Lord. And you see the Apostle Paul walking, you're like, oh. Right. In other words, because this guy was going killing Christians like, no, I'm not I'm not with them. I mean, I'm just here to really rat them out. I mean, you know, so so I mean, you know, imagine he walks in and, and so he had to deal with certain things and probably had uh, condemnation that he had to deal with because of thinking like, man, I, I killed all these Christians. I didn't know what I was doing, but I still kill. I am so unworthy. So this and that. Uh, you know, I remember uh, Brother Hagan talking about the time where he uh uh, he was he was praying and, and, and he heard the Lord say, come up hither and, and all this stuff. And, and Jesus took him into heaven. And I don't know if you ever heard this story or whatever. And you, you might hear us mentioning Brother Hagin a lot. Uh, he was a, a man that, that really impacted uh, our lives uh, so much, you know. And, and so we don't worship people, but we appreciate their faith and we can follow their faith. Amen. And um, and so he was he was um, he he. You know, the Lord took him up to heaven and, and all this stuff. And, and, you know, he looked at Jesus in his eyes and he put his head down quick and said, Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not worthy. And Jesus picked him up and looked at him in his eyes and said, I made you worthy. Because of the blood that he shed. In other words, listen, I, I made you worthy. Where you can, it's not, it's not that you were worthy. I made you worthy. Come on, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, all unrighteousness. In Romans it says that sin no longer has dominion over us. So now it's important for us now to speak the same language of God and say, Lord, I thank you. Sin no longer has dominion over me. Because now you're acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Over, over in Genesis chapter 3, let's look here real quick. Genesis chapter 3. And um, you know the story of Adam and Eve and, and all this stuff. Well, let's, let's look at, um, uh, let's look at, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I, I'm really trying to be tame right now. I can be real silly. I want to be professional. And praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 8, it says, uh, it says, and they heard the sound. Well, let's look at verse 7. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of, uh, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what they do? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, I like this. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? In other words, God was saying to Adam, uh, who told you you were naked? That's not, that's not language that I gave to you. Now, now think of it this way. Thank God as, as born again believers, we were able to go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Thank God, right? And we, we, as we renew our minds, we start to get a better understanding of who we are, get a better understanding of who God is, right? And, and so thank God, I mean, we know what it's like to go from darkness to light. Imagine being in light and being translated into darkness. 
And so God was saying, listen, this is not, uh, I mean, because Adam said, I was afraid. I mean, what did he have to be afraid of? He, he didn't know fear before that. I mean, come on, he had to name all the animals. I mean, you know, a uh, lion didn't scare him. I mean, you and I, I mean, if we stand in front of a lion, oh, my God, oh, God, right? And, um, but he, I mean, he's, I mean, he's using words that he never used before. He said, I was afraid. He said, uh, you know, because I was naked. And the Lord said to him, who, who, who told you were naked? In other words, you're now seeing yourself contrary to how I designed you to be. Come on, because his glory was all over them. I mean, he says, who told you that you were naked? I mean, this is not a language that I gave you. And so now, think of it now as we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We now have to retrain ourselves. And, and Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says to um, uh, be conformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Actually, that's verse 2, right? Let's look at it instead of quoting it. Romans chapter 12. Praise God. Hallelujah. You guys doing good this morning? I'm trying to get you out of here early. But see, with me, I mean, sometimes the teacher in me comes out. If I think that you're not getting it, it'll make me want to stay with it a little bit. So, uh, you know, so give me a smile or a nod or something. Show me some teeth. If you got no teeth, show me some gums. Just show me something. Praise God. Romans chapter 12. <laughs> and it says... Uh, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that what you present your bodies. In other words, he's saying you, the real you, which is your spirit, present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. One translation says, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. Right? In other words, the world and the things of this world will try to form your thinking for you, but we should not allow the world to form our thinking for us. We shouldn't allow the world to form the thinking for our kids. But now what do we do? We train them up in the way that they should go. We get in the Word of God and, and begin to change our thinking and renew our minds because, in other words, now God wants us to see ourselves the way that He sees us. You allow God to introduce you to your new self because obviously you don't know your new self all that well, right? Because your spirit man became safe, but your mind still needs to be renewed. Your mind still needs to be safe. Your mind still needs to change the way that it thinks and, and sees itself because what happens sometimes is thoughts will try to come and bombard us and, 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 and attack our thinking. See, because the enemy, that's what he knows that he can do is that if, if I can just get them to think this way. See, because if our thinking is wrong, then our believing will be wrong. And if our believing is wrong, then our speaking or our acting will be wrong. Are you all with me? And we know this, that we are people of faith, and without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so it's vital that you and I get in the word of God, pull out the mirror of God's word, and begin to see ourselves in the word of God. Remember in James, turn to James 1 real quick, James 1. James chapter 1. In verse 21, it says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to do what? To save your soul. So we see this, that our soul uh, has not been saved yet, right? Our spirit has been saved. Our spirit is where we contact the spirit realm, where we contact God. Our soul is where our mind, our will, our emotions are, our feelings, right? And then our physical body is where we have our senses. Taste, touch, smell, sight, hearing. Thank you. I always mess it up. You know, this is why I bring my wife with me, because she helps me. <laughs> right? So with our, with our physical bodies where we have touch and all that. But see, we see here that our minds have not been saved yet. It says... Uh, Verse 22, but be doers, come on, say be a doer. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, because if you don't, what happens is you do what? You deceive yourself. Praise God. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and it's not a forgetful hearer, but a do of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. 
In other words, he's saying it's so important. This is why it's not enough to just for it to be a Sunday morning thing. You hear what I'm saying? In other words, where we have to, I mean, listen, we, we can't be lazy Christians. I mean, we have too many of those. I'm not saying there's any here. But, I, I mean, what I mean by that, I'm not talking about just your work ethic. I'm talking about when it comes to the things of God. In other words, you can't just be a forgetful hearer of the word. You have to get in the word of God for yourself and begin to see yourself. In other words, like a natural mirror. I mean, you know, this morning some of you took uh, more time in the mirror than others. Don't, don't point, your, point at your neighbor, uh, you know, and, and say, well, you took more time. Well, you didn't take any time today. <laughs> right? But it's like this. If you just kind of glance at the mirror, you can kind of miss out on, on, on certain things. Right. In other words, you might have a booger hanging out your nose that you don't necessarily see because you just kind of glanced at it. Right. But but someone that is a hearer of the word and a doer of the word and continues in it, what they do is they start to stare in the reflection a little bit more. The word of God is not just a storybook. It is a it's a mirror. Come on. And the thing is, the more you spend time in that reflection, the more you begin to focus on that mirror of God's word, you start to trust the reflection that you see. So in other words, you start to say, man, this, this is who I am. I mean, I, I sure don't feel like it, but, man, if the mirror is saying this about me, then praise God, this is who I am. Man, Lord, this is what you said about me, that, that, that Jesus became rich, that uh, became poor, that I might become rich. Praise God. Then I, I, It might not look like it right now, but I believe that I'm rich. Praise God. You said in your word that, that, that um, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Well, you know, I don't feel so triumphant right now, but if you said I'm triumphant, then praise God, I am triumphant. I'm victorious. Satan has no hold over my life. He has no hold over my family. Praise God. Every single one in my family will serve the Lord. Glory to God. And so you focus in that mirror and you start to see yourself in Christ. You start to trust the reflection. Come on, you start to trust that reflection. I mean, just naturally, if you just stare in the mirror, you start to trust that reflection that you see. Well, I mean, man, I, maybe I didn't get as much sleep as I thought I was getting. Start to trust the reflection. And, and what it does now is help you, helps you to make adjustments. And that's what getting the word will do. It will help you to make a certain adjustments. Because you'll say, well, if this is what God says about me, then let me make this adjustment and start to see myself this way. And start to believe about myself this way. Are you hearing me this morning? And so, um, so anyways, uh, let's, let's go to... I, I love it when, when this happens. You have something prepared and the Lord takes you another way and, and so it's not so. Are y'all getting anything this morning? I wish you knew how uncomfortable this is. Hallelujah. Let's go to um, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. It says this, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we see this, that we have, the only, this is the only fight that we have to fight, is the fight of faith. And the Bible calls it a good fight, right? But really, the fight of your life is, it actually begins in your thought life. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. going to read from verse 3 to verse 5. Actually, let me read it to you in the Amplified. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. It says, For though we live, walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons, of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. So we see here that it's not a flesh fight, right? Uh, now, again, we have to allow God to introduce us to our new self, allow God to show us who we are. And, and, and we have to get our, our thinking in line with God's word. Are you hearing me? 
it's, it's so vital that we get our thinking in line with, with God's word because what happens now is the enemy will try to bring certain thoughts to try to get us to meditate on those thoughts, and now those thoughts become a stronghold in our life. Are you with me? So it says, um, it says that we, you know, we refute arguments and theories and reasons for every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose captive. In other words, you and I have a responsibility to, uh, to capture every thought, right? You mean to tell me that every thought is important? Yes, every thought is important. Come on, if we're going to see ourselves the way that, we, you know, that Christ sees us, right? In other words, that means that we have to meditate or, in other words, think on these things and, 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 and get the word of God in us to remind ourselves of who we are now. Because, again, our spirit man has been born again, has been made brand new. But our minds have to continually be renewed with who we are in Christ, renewed from the word of God. To the point where we now trust what God says about us more than how we feel. I said more than how we feel. Are you hearing me? And so it says... um, Casting down. Now, now, why? Because those thoughts are exalting themselves. So, in other words, you have to swat it down, or, or you know, slap it down, or whatever the case is. Now, uh, you see my height, and um, some of you may wonder, or may have recognized me uh, when I played professional. Uh, no, I didn't. I just wanted to catch your attention a little bit. But you know, <laughs> uh, my wife, she actually played for for Raymond Bible Training College. She went after Brother Hagen passed away so you know thank god she still got something but you know but anyway so she's very competitive i don't know if you can tell this or not she's extremely competitive and so even when we we used to play basketball a little bit more often you know with some of the guys in our church and and she would always play and i mean if i was on the opposite team of her there was no mercy i would i would swat i mean i would swat it down just anything that she tried to throw up or just whatever i just throw a block party well you know really <laughs> It's, it's the same way spiritually, you know, when, when those thoughts come, or let's think of it as an annoying insect or something. You, you, you don't let that thing just fly around. You, you swat it down. See, because these thoughts will try to, to come in and, 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 um, and try to come against, you know, what, how Christ sees you. I mean, you've got to bring it into obedience to Christ, the anointed one, and, and, and what he thinks about you. Because what will happen now is, is, is if you don't, then those thoughts will st- start to fester in and, and it'll, it'll create a stronghold in your life. And you start to believe those thoughts more than what God's word says. In other words, you ought to say the word said this and then swat that thought down. Right. When those thoughts try to come and tell you that, you know, oh, you're so unworthy, you, sw- you say, no, this is what the word says. The word says that that um, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Praise God. And so you swap that thought down. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? Because you can't allow it to be there. Come on. In other words, because God was going to say, well, who, who, who told you that? Who told you you was naked? Who told you that you were broke? Who told you that you were unworthy? Who told you that you had to be sick? Who told you that you can't own more than two houses or whatever the case is? Who told you that you have to forever live in this particular neighborhood? Who told you that you'll never uh, come, come out of that thing from the past and that abuse of the past or whatever the case is? Who told you that you weren't good enough? That's not something that I said about you. That's not a language that I gave you. I want you to start to speak the language of the kingdom. Don't allow those thoughts to come and bombard you mind take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of christ the messiah praise god it's something it's the fight of faith it's something that you have to do praise god now i remember after our first our first child um you know my wife has been super healthy uh for most of her life you know and um and so when we were given we yeah when we were given birth to our first child um, <laughs> you know, there were some complications. I, I, really, I believe it was a reaction to, to the medicine that they were giving my wife because she's not one to really take medicine all that much. And so we, we uh, as a matter of fact, her water broke. She leads prison worship on our team, and her water broke while she was leading prison worship. And um, we didn't quite know it. She thought she was just sweating or, or whatever the case is. And, um, and so, I mean, she's a strong woman. So, so I'm, I'm up there, and I'm speaking, and um, I, I just know she went to the back, and some of the ladies went back there with her, and 
And all of a sudden, I see them walking out with my wife. And, I mean, I'm in service. I can't tell what's going on. And someone is at the back talking about. <laughs> and I have, we, we have first-time guests. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know. Then um, someone came and said, uh, your wife's water just broke. And so it's, it's all right. We're just going to take her home for a little bit and, and all that. To this day, I have no idea what I said that Sunday morning. I, it was it was so bad. I was so distracted. It was so bad that actually one of our leaders that's that's there now, that's been with us. That was her, that was her first Sunday there, and after service I went to her and I said, I said, ma'am, I said thank you so much for being here with us. I said I'm sorry that I was so distracted. I don't know what I said today, but please come back next week <laughs> and give us another try. I I, I promise you. I, I I was like she ain't coming back. <laughs> But she came back the next week, and she's been there ever since, praise God. Uh, her husband wasn't serving God. Now he's serving God. They're both in church, and, and um, so um, praise God. Thank God for that. But um, why was I talking about that? Oh, complications. So, so, uh, so she went to the hospital. We went, I mean, she had time to cook and do all this stuff. I mean, she wasn't feeling any contractions or anything. Um, we went to the hospital, and um, they started to check her out, and they said, Whoa, you're not, you didn't feel that contraction? And she said, no, I didn't feel a thing. And she was like, are you kidding me? It was, it was huge, you know, after they measured all this stuff. I mean, she was just like Wonder Woman, right? And so they decided to put something in her. I can't remember what it's called, Pitocin or whatever it is, you know, just natural protein. Well, it wasn't natural, but um, anyways, all of a sudden, so now she starts to feel the contractions, and the contractions start to increase, and other stuff that they start pumping her with and, and all these different things, and so... Um, this went on for over 24 hours or whatever the case is. And, and here it is. I'm with her. I mean, I preached that morning and I'm with her and I'm no time to sleep. And finally, the pain is like hitting her harder. They, they gave her epidural that wore off, you know, and, and she's feeling all the pain. And my hand is being crushed. And I, I mean, I tried to give her something else to squeeze. And she was like, no, I want your hand. Like she wanted me to feel the pain. Well, any <laughs> I don't know if that's what it was, but. <laughs> She's like, no, your hand feels better. And, oh, it's good resistance. Oh, is that what it was? Anyways, I was just thinking, thank God we're in a hospital, so if she breaks my hand, you know, something can be done. Well, anyways, I guess she started to feel sorry for me. And she told me, she said, honey, she said, um, she said go ahead and, and take a nap. Because this is like, I mean, we're going into Tuesday now, from Sunday to Tuesday. We're going into Tuesday now. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just weird, you know. And when I laid down for a little bit, all of a sudden she started to have um, seizures. You know, she started to have a seizure, and I don't know how I woke up out of it. I just woke up and called the nurse, and they, they came in. Now, this was a scary thing for me. I've never seen this happen with my wife. Healthy all her life, this and that. And, and then so they, they rushed, and thank God we had already scheduled a C-section because Kizia just was taking her sweet time. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying being inside, you know. <laughs> And um, and so it was just in time. They already had the place prepped. Was able to to you know get on the table. Well, while she was on the table, when they were about to operate, again she could feel them you know putting something in her. And it was really, it was something that the anesthesiologist was doing. And um, I I really felt like putting my salvation to the side and doing something to the anesthesi. I mean seriously, I'll just be I'm just being honest with you. Well, there on the table, she has another seizure again. I'm saying this to tell you that. What happened now, I mean, thank God, safe delivery, all this stuff, God kept us safe. I mean, we had people praying and all that. But what happened after that now is for a series of months and even years, my wife starts being bombarded with all kinds of thoughts to where now fear creeps in. And, you know, fear of, of death and, and fear of seizure. I mean, if, if she just felt a cold chill, she would kind of feel like, you know, I mean, hyperventilate. And, I mean, a woman of God, woman of faith. And thoughts that the enemy would try to come and bombard her mind and thoughts of death and, you know, waking up in the night just, you know, and, and uh, I mean, it, it wasn't a good time. I was concerned, wondering if I would ever get my wife back. You heard what I'm saying? Now, this is someone who believes the word of God, who, who understands what God's word says. But see, what happened is these thoughts kept bombarding. Then she, real, she came to the point where she realized that, you know what? I can't allow those thoughts to fester. I got to swap those thoughts down. And so now let me say this real quick. Don't try to outthink your thoughts because you can never outthink your thoughts. You hear what I'm saying? 
Um, and, and so she, what she did was she had to get the word out and get scriptures about healing. And, and she would meditate on it. And she would be in the house. And, and, I mean, it would be loud. And she would say the word, speak the word. And she would say, oh, pray. I mean, just real loud and almost embarrassing. Like, girl, the whole neighborhood is going to hear us. But she said, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. And, the, you know, and she's, she's going over the scriptures. She's rejoicing. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, because at the time she's, you know, I mean, these are, and all while she's doing it, these thoughts are still trying to bombard her. And I'm talking about, it's, it's not an overnight thing, but this, this was a process of weeks and months and years. This is why it's so important that we, we get into the Word. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something that, that we live. You hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you something that will help you. Now, it might not be about seizures for you, but it could be about finances. It could be about just your past life or whatever the case is. You have to, you can't try to outthink the thoughts, but you do what? You speak it. If I was to get all of you to try to count from one to a hundred in your mind, uh, you know, and I, I had you repeat something after me, what would happen is that you cancel what it is that you was thinking. Because now you have to think about what it is that you're saying. You hear what I'm saying? So we have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Every thought? You mean every thought? Yes, every thought. In other words, every single thought is important. It's a full-time job. You know what? But the thing is, you can do it. He would not tell us to do it if we didn't have the ability to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's why, um, you know, First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Right? What happens is sometimes we allow these thoughts to come in, and they're just like on a loop. You guys remember, I, I asked my church this question. I said, you guys know, remember the record players? And everyone was looking at me strange, like, record player? What's that? So, you know, those turntables, the, the records, those circular um, things. Well, what would happen is sometimes that record player, that record would get on a loop and just keep saying the same thing over and over again, right? Uh, and, and that's what happens sometimes is we allow these thoughts to come and, and we start to repeat it. And it starts to get um, on a loop. It's a tactic of the enemy to bring fear, to wear you down, to get unbelief in you, and to rob you of your faith. Sometimes we're looping. Like in in Matthew 6, 7, it says this. It says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Now, where it says vain, here it means empty, useless, unfruitful. Repetitions is to repeat idly or to pray, which means to talk excessively and pointlessly, tediously, long, and tiresome. In other words, we, we, we start to go through this looping process where we start to say, oh, oh, man, I wonder where the money's going to come from. I want, and it's like we're just going through this whole looping process. And it's a, it's, like I said, it's a tactic of the enemy to try to bring fear in your life, bring doubt, try to rob you from your faith, right? But it's so important that we, we, we cast those thoughts down, right? And, and, and we fight the good fight of faith, right? Believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. That's what I mean by we can't just be lazy Christians. You hear what I'm saying? We can't just be lazy Christians where we just think that, well, you know, well, if, if it's the Lord's will, he'll, he'll do it. No, no, no. Come on. If you work the word, the word works for anyone that will work it. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not talking about getting into works. I'm just saying that the word works. Right? But as you get the word of God on the inside of you, I know this is simple. This is not one of these preacher happy messages or whatever the case is, right? It might not even be structured with my five points or three points or, or whatever the case is. I don't even know what you're going to walk away with from this, uh, from this this morning, but I believe that you're going to get something. You have to capture every thought, right? Acknowledge every good thing. That's why it's so important to acknowledge every good thing in you in Christ. Every day you should wake up and say, Lord, you know, you just wake up and say, Satan, Angels, everybody that's listening, I want to announce every good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus. I mean, there's times I wake up out of the bed and I say, devil, I'm up. Ready to chase you another day. 
just, just, I just want to let you know. I just want to announce to anybody that's listening today that I am a new creature in Christ. Praise God. I am triumphant in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going. I walk in the favor of God. Praise God. I believe that doors of opportunity are open for me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack for any good thing. I don't lack for ability. I don't lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Every need of the ministry is met. The money continues to come in. Praise God. People are coming. Money's coming. Praise God. Everything that we need. Our influence is increasing. Whatever the case is. Now, what am I doing? I'm, I'm acknowledging the good things that's in me in Christ before the enemy tries to bring these thoughts against me to say, uh, don't even get up today. Don't even get up today. You, you have nothing to give these people. You are not called. You are, you are not. You're, you, you don't have what it takes. Come on now. You hear what I'm saying? you got to go back to the things that the Lord even said to you and just remind yourself of his faithfulness. Because if you don't, the enemy will just keep trying to just bombard you, just, just keep firing, you know, just keep shooting. And, and you try to get you to just keep taking cover like, okay, well, maybe he'll just let up at some time. No, you, 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 go, you go straight after him. Devil, I'm coming after you. I mean, the, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon Samson and he just pick a fight. I mean, seriously, like there, there'll be no reason. I mean, yeah, he just want to pick a fight. I mean, and I believe that's how you and I should be. When I mean, come on, when, when the anointing comes upon you and, and when you have a spirit of faith, you just wake up just looking to pick a fight. You know what I mean? Like I'm not just waiting for you to come after me. I'm coming after you, big boy, because in other words, the greater one lives on the inside of me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise God. And so you go into those situations. I mean, because I remember Brother Hagin was talking about a lady that, uh, that she, you know, she was like, oh, when every time I go into work, those people, I mean, they're just a bunch of heathens, and I feel like I'm outnumbered and this and that. He said, well, what, before you go on, just remind yourself, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Just say, Lord, I thank you that the greater one lives on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than those that are in my office. And she came back, she said, Brother Hagin, it's been, it's been working. Right? In other words, you're not moved by how people treat you or whatever the case is. You hear what I'm saying? You're not moved by that. But you, you, you don't get your value from other people. You get your value from the Word of God. That's why for the believer, racism is so stupid. Now, when I say racism, I mean on all ends. Black, white, Latino, uh, you know, uh, Native American, all, all over. It's, it exists everywhere. And it, I, didn't, I grew up not knowing that it did. But it does. I know it's a touchy subject. But, you know, thank God we got to reach everybody. You hear what I'm saying? And so when you're a child of God, then you, you, you start to, you, you know, you're not moved by how someone. So if someone says something to me, well, you know, so what? I know who I am. Call me what you want. That, that's not how God labeled me. You hear what I'm saying? Treat me how you want. I, I know how I'm a, I'm a child of the king. Praise God. Amen, somebody. Now, I'm not one of, trust me, I'm not one of those that believe that racism just exists, you know, whites against blacks. I'm, I'm not, I don't even identify with my race. I know that might shock some people. I identify with who I am in Christ first and foremost. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not part of this white power, black power, whatever the case is. We are new creatures in Christ. We are all in Christ. Whoo. Are y'all with me? Am I, am I touching on something that I shouldn't be touching on this morning? I said we are all in Christ. And it's important for us to identify with who we are in Christ. In other words, I'm not an estrada first. That's my last name, just in case you didn't know. I am a child of God. I'm not even, as much as I love this country, I'm not even an American first. I am a citizen of God's kingdom. Come on, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Thank, listen, do not tear down my country. I love my country. You hear what I'm saying? Despite it, we might not be perfect, but praise God, a whole lot of the gospel is going out from this place. You hear what I'm saying? Don't talk bad about my country. But I am a child of God first. I identify with who I am in Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul, he said in Galatians 2.20, uh, what did he say? He says, um, what did he say? He says, I have been, thank you, Holy Spirit, since none of the, nobody else has helped me. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In other words, Paul says, I entirely identify with Christ through his death, 
through his burial, through his resurrection. This is who I am now. This is who I, not someday I'm going to be, this is who I am. He had to identify with who he was in Christ. You hear what I'm saying? And so our identification should be, first and foremost, who we are in Christ. When you get that down, then that helps you with those thoughts. If you try to identify with your nationality or, you, you know, your last name, you know, I mean, people go and study their family history and all you find is a bunch of nuts, really, you know, the family tree, you know. But, but the thing is, you know, I mean, listen, first and foremost, we, we, are, we are children of God. We're part of God's family. We are joint ears with Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, this is how God sees us. We see ourselves in Christ. God sees us in him, and, and, and Christ is in us, and, and, and God is in Christ, and Christ is in God. And then you're like, I, I don't even know which, where I am, but thank God I'm, I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. And I mean, where am I? I mean, I'm in Christ, and, and now I'm seated in heaven places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Your thinking has to get in line. Let me, I know I closed my, oh, I didn't close it. One more scripture. Y'all, y'all good for one more scripture? One more. Uno más. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to notice the way that the Apostle Paul spoke. The way that he dealt with things. Ephesians 2. And it says uh, from verse 1. It says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he did what? Made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, things look a whole lot different from this perspective of seated, being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Your perspective changes. And the Apostle Paul would say, I mean, look, look at how he said this. We can look at it this way. He says, um, you were once dead in trespasses and sins, but he made you alive. Right? I mean, just, just I'm sure everybody in the church at Ephesus wasn't perfect. But he said, hey, you once were dead in trespasses and sins. But he made you alive in verse one. Right. Then he says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, but you no longer walk according to the course of this world because you once did. But no longer do you do that because he made you alive. Praise God. You once walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. But no longer do you do that because he made you alive. Praise God. Right. You once uh, conducted yourself in the lust of our flesh and fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind, but no longer because he made you alive. You were once children of wrath just as the others, but you, he made you alive. In other words, this is something that will help you because now what happens, I mean, we've had people that, that have gotten off of drugs and, and, you know, and all these different things, and is as a result of them, it's not you know, putting them in a program, even, thank God for those programs, but it, it's as a result of them just getting in the word, seeing who they are, and speaking it even before, come on, saying it about themselves, capturing every thought, even before the habit has even stopped. You hear what I'm saying? We had one guy in our church that, uh, I didn't know this when he started coming, but he used to be one of the largest drug dealers in, in Kissimmee. I mean, was in jail. His wife, she started coming to the church, and she had been arrested 36 times. And, and what happened was, Years before that, we used to call on everybody. We call on the doctors, the lawyers. We call on we call on the drug dealers. We call on the prostitutes, and and you know the prostitutes and the drug dealers kind of showed up before some of the some of the others did. I was like, nah, that's not the 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 order that I called it in. So it was it was it was hard work, but it was fruitful work. Anyways, here it is. He he even told me that um, now they're living in uh in Tennessee and doing well. But he even told me that at one point before he got into jail, he had up to four million cash. And he ended up losing it all because he hid it in a building and that building, you know, just disappeared, got destroyed. And somebody got that money, four million in cash. And um, he was, you know, he was still he would still get pulled over by cops. I mean, because they just knew who he was. But, you know, he had a, a life change. 
to the point where, you know, because I even encouraged him. I said, let me tell you something. You've got to acknowledge every good thing in you in Christ. He made Jesus the Lord of his life, started to get in the word, faithfully coming to church. You hear what I'm saying? Listen, we're, we're called to be an influence, to be a light in this world. And, man, he, he started coming to church and would get the word of God in. And, and, um, and I told him, I said, let me tell you something. I don't believe that you'd be working for the devil and, and having four million cash and God can't do even greater for you. So he had a hard time getting a job, all this stuff. And as a result of hearing the word of God and having to put aside certain thoughts, I mean, that's something I had to think, uh, work with him on. He ended up starting his own landscape company and, and his own scrap metal company. And, man, started bringing in, I think it was like 10000 a month. You know, just just in his business and, and started to increase and, and 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 everything like that. I mean, come on, the word of God works. I mean, if he can do that for 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 someone who's who's making sure that they're on the straight and narrow. And, you know, I mean, thank God for that. You hear what I'm saying? And so, you know, as you start to see yourself, I mean, the Apostle Paul, think about what he had to go through again. But he says, you know what? I once walked according. We once walked according to the course of this world, but no longer. Because we've been made alive together with Christ. Praise God. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. No longer do we allow the thoughts and the lusts of our flesh and of our mind to, 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 to um, force us to do things. But we've been made alive together with Christ. Praise God. You have to get in the word. You can't get lazy about this. Get in the word. Acknowledge who you are. Don't just read it just to read it. But now say something. Say something about yourself. Speak the word. Come on, confession just means to say the same thing. Say the same thing that God is saying. Praise God. Say the same thing that God is saying because now he'll empower you with the knowledge of who you are in Christ. He'll empower you. And now as you start to see yourself in the mirror of God's word, you start to trust the reflection of who you are. Start to develop the real you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Praise God. Father, we just thank you. We honor you for your goodness and your love towards us. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in us, through us, around us. That you've empowered us with the Holy Spirit, empowered us with your glory. Thank you for your great love towards us. That even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We honor you. Lord, forgive us for those times where we've allowed thoughts to fester. Thoughts that weren't in line with your word, thoughts that weren't in line with you. We endeavor to be all that you've called us to be. Thank you so much for your great love towards us. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. We honor you. We thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. You know, um, I trust somebody was able to get something this morning. You know, I mean, even if I came just for one person, you know, the numbers don't move me. The, the you know, excitement and all that stuff doesn't quite move me. But, you know, I believe that if at the last second the Lord had me change something up, that it was, you know, for somebody. In other words, to, to help you. In other words, you're, it's, it's almost like you're getting ready to go down a path and maybe you've been feeling like thoughts of depression just kind of coming in and almost almost to the point where it's like it feels like it's hard to breathe because you're just being so overwhelmed and anxiety trying to trying to set itself on your heart. It's like, God, I can't breathe. But, I mean, right now, if you just lift up your hands, come on, I believe that all of a sudden you, you'll sense that, that, that anxiety just lifting. You'll sense that power from on high just coming on you. Come, come on, it's, it's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. We praise you. Thank you so much for empowering us. Thank you for new life, new strength, new victory. We are victorious in Christ. We are triumphant, always triumphant in Christ Jesus. We can't lose because we are in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is victor. We honor you. We thank you for it. Praise God. If you're in this place and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, uh, just in case, again, you know, didn't say if any man be in church, so you can be part of this church. That doesn't guarantee you into heaven. It's, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And just per chance, because I don't know everybody here, but if you're here and you say, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life, you'd like to have that opportunity today, I'd love to pray with you, shake hands with you, whatever it is. Um, if that's you, if you slip your hand up, I'll see the hand and pray with you. If you're here and you say, maybe I need to rededicate my life to God today, I'd love to do that also. If that's you, if you slip your hand up, praise God. But we're all family in here this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for listening to me this morning. And uh, uh, believe the Word of God works. Amen. Believe the Word of God works. Uh, you know, if, if we just honor God's Word, in other words, where, Lord, this is you speaking to me. You have some things to say to me. I believe that we'll get some things out. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, so I'll turn it over to Pastor Mark.